Bishop is basically Quadu from Total Recall. <laughs> I can see that. Open your mind. Uh, he looks like him. Oh my god. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just like a baby head in this <laughs> in this robot body, I guess. Yeah. What is it with Ninja Turtles and robot bodies? Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your co-host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, is my partner in Ninja Turtle crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. How are you, buddy? Hi, everyone. I'm good. Oh, Hi. good. What's up, Home Slice? No, don't do that. I'm so sorry. It's... Homeboy? No. Dog? No. Protein shake? Cowabunga! <laughs> <laughs> and there's the first cowabunga of that yeah, episode. There it is. Yeah. Guns, starting early. Guns blazing. <laughs> oh, good deal. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again. We're pretty excited because we're finally bringing back an old favorite of ours, the IDW Mutation Station today. And um, we're choo, fu- choo. Yeah. <laughs> all aboard. I remember you. I used to do that. Choo, choo. <laughs> Just, all of a sudden, uh, it's an episode of Captain Kangaroo now. Oh, so. gosh, that's great. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, today we are covering a good one, guys. We're finally back to the IDW. The most current issue just came out as of last Wednesday, which would have been the the 23rd, January 23rd. 23rd. Yeah, yeah. And we are getting near a very, very interesting story arc coming up you know it's kind of setting spoilers real quickly spoilers this yes. is a setup issue this yeah true and and spoiler for the whole episode because we're going to be revealing everything that happened in issue 90 go read it real quick we'll wait and then come back when you're done okay all right so um yeah yeah we're gonna be covering that we got some listener feedback to share and everything but before we do all that stuff how was your week Cosehead? uh not too bad you know a uh, couple of big things by the time this episode airs, I'm going to be uh, posting my last uh, just the basics action figure review. The last so, one, really? The last one, yeah. It'll be it'll that whole project will finally be done. It's been like a year and a half. I've been working on it. Wow, man, good for you. Yeah, so that's, um, and then I'm gonna I'm kind of deciding I'm gonna re-edit the book and uh, probably just release the whole thing on my website. So, uh, but it's yeah. I think Monday I'll put the last action figure review up there. So by the time everyone hears this, it'll already been done. And now, now I'm really struggling uh, thinking about what to what series to start next. Yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, I've not done anything, or I've not gotten any pickups or anything over the past week. But yeah, but one really cool thing that came in, and I, I guess it's it's cool to announce it on the show. I'm I'm actually we'll starting. Find out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually starting a just a little mini series, a podcast mini series called Turtle Tales, guys. It's just going to be this short, maybe one episode a month 
uh, show dedicated to one of the um, issues of the Tales of the TMNT. And I'm just going to start in order chronologically and, and focus on maybe the history of the issue, some background information on the issue, just a quick like plot summary of it, any background information I can find from maybe the writers or artists. I actually reached out to Jim, Jim Lawson already. I said, hey, do, what do you remember from issue one? He said, nothing. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not going to give yeah. yeah I'm not going to give up on him I'm going to send him some pictures from that issue to see if if it you know jogs any memory of his but yeah I'm just going to cover you know, each one of the issues of Tales and work my way up from volume one to volume two volume two is very long there's about sixty or maybe even almost seventy issues of volume two mm-hmm. of Tales so you know it's going to be a long project but what came into uh, this week I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday was his sketch for the logo. And it's very similar to the Turtle Flakes logo that he did years ago. Uh, But this one has Donatello reading, and I didn't tell him this. He's reading issue number nine from volume two of Tales, the uh, clunk issue, my favorite, (laughs) the path one. Yeah. He added that little detail in there. I thought that was so cool. And, of course, uh, you know, Donatello's my favorite turtle. So, But, yeah, yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm hoping to have the first – I'm going to try to put a couple issues in – or a couple episodes in the bank first before I start releasing them. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to try to – my goal is to try to uh, release issue one or episode one about issue one in March. So I'm not sure if it will be the beginning or end of March, but uh, that's my goal, and it's going to be called Turtle Tales. Now, it'll be just in the same feed. It's just going to be like a bonus episode that I'm going to put, put on the feed. And yeah, so um, that's all that I've really been doing. I got that sketch, and then I got the IDW 2020 issue of Ninja Turtles, which is supposed to be set 20 years into the future, um, and I guess like almost like a deviation kind of style. It's kind of its own story there. I was just um, going to ask that if that, was, if that was in continuity or anything like that. Was... I don't think so. I've not read it yet, but I'm assuming I'm assuming that's not necessarily the case, you okay. know, that it is con- continuity because that would kind of reveal some spoilers with the pretty big arc they're doing right now. I know. I was just thinking, I was like, okay, so it's going to suck where in 20 years, like, oh, they're still fighting the Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Krang didn't stay dead. You know? No, he's back. He's yeah. back. Hey, don't yeah. worry about uh, old Hob because 20 years from now, we're still going to be doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hey, without any further ado. Oh, wait. Actually, before we get into the issue, we did have an email I was going to share real quick. Mm-hmm. It's from our good old buddy, Cowabunga Chris. He sent us an email about his favorite toy from a couple of episodes back and a theory he has about IDW. So that'll lead us right into the comic. Okay. He says, he says, hey guys, Chris here again. Uh, sorry I got a, a bit harsh last time. I did not know of Rob's condition. Oh, I think he's talking about my memory <laughs> or lack of it. Because <laughs> remember he called us out on the um, TMNT issue one. Yeah, and, and how we kind of botched something. No, I didn't so, remember that. Sorry I got so mad. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> oh, let's see. And I've, hey, with my condition, I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. And I think I already told you dudes that my favorite turtle toy is the G1 Mikey. So let's talk about some of his favorite rides instead, like Cheapskate 2. Now with Mikey's face on it for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. And Mike's Cowabunga Surf Buggy with his hilarious surfboard weapon and dual soda guns. Here's a pic from TMNTToys.com. Um, I'll have to share it, guys, uh, on our show notes. I didn't have the uh, the surf buggy, did you? No, I didn't. I I only had the first cheapskate, and uh, it's so funny because I've had the second one. 
That was where I, you know what? I didn't even know they made, they uh, made a new cheapskate. And I remember when I was looking to buy one, that was the one that I found on Amazon at the time. And I was just thinking, I don't remember this thing having Michelangelo's head. Um, yeah. As like a hood ornament. I guess, I guess Michelangelo would be the kind of guy to put his face on his own stuff. You know, I'd just be like, <laughs> instead, in lieu of writing your name, like, don't eat this sandwich. It belongs to Josh. He put a picture of his face on it. Yeah. <laughs> just in case you need to know who's that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I love this. Is the one I had growing up because I remember the, of course, his face in the front and I remember the little foot. And I also remember the, some of the box art for it because it was a, a Christmas toy that I had gotten. Yeah. But yeah, it that one's a big part of my childhood. Their box so, art, the box art on all the vehicles and accessories oh, is so great. good. Like they still have just the best box art. You know? I agree. Uh, there was so much going on. It's the epitome of the 90s. Actually, late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, it was just and it really is kind of a timepiece because like everybody just shows like Photoshop pictures of a kid playing with this thing, whatever it is. And it's obvious the kid's not even in the same room as that action. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. But back in the day, they were all hand-drawn stuff. So. Yeah, no kidding. So, well, speaking of hand-drawn, the next one he mentions, it's it's a knockoff one. He said, the worst ones I had as a kid looked like this and broke after about 10 minutes. He sent a picture here, and it, I ought to – hang on. Let me save it, and I'm going to send it to you. This okay. is the knockoff figure that he had. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I've seen these. Oh, Have you? Okay, yeah. yeah. They look like something maybe from the dollar store. You know, they, they just look a little bit cheaper in the quality. Chris goes on to say, you know, on the flip side of things, it gave me extra belts and a life lesson at least. He says, and now for a wall of text about what I think will happen in IDW. While I agree that Splinter is going to die after the Mikey Macro and the and the Jewel, and he puts in parentheses, Swedish uh, Christmas issue, I can't see him fighting Clam Hamato anytime soon. Again, anytime soon. Unless something big goes down. Like Kitsune wrecking the Foot Clan HQ, teaming up with Bishop or Bebop and Rocksteady and or Null, and so on, getting her husband's corpse back so that she can have her father, the totally not a reboot of the Dragon Lord, possess it. <laughs> but because the rest of the Pantheon and our heroes think this is weird and creepy, they will team up and hit her during the ritual with everything they got for an awesome issue of 100 Super Battle. And at first, it looks like the heroes totally won, seeing a Kitsune is crying over her failure. But then Karai stabs Splinter in the back out of nowhere with that shady sword that she had got for that dungeon. Oh, I forgot about that sword. That was, yeah, that was the whole, um... This whole arc in Karai's path. Yeah, that's she, exactly right. She has this demon sword that kills whoever wields it. Yeah. That's the that's the smoking gun. That's the shining sword. I'm telling you. That's going to be the one because they haven't really addressed that sword at all since that story arc. Yeah, and that's it's funny he mentions Karai's and we're talking about uh, issue 90. Yeah, good point. Because it turns out that that was the Dragon Warrior's sword and he uses that in combo with Kitsune's ritual to resurrect himself from the astral plane into a young, strong body that his daughter did not have sex with. Yeah, even he thought that was creepy. Do you know what he's referring to here? Um, the fact that um, Kitsune is like, well, sh- at least on Shredder's side, Shredder's in love with Kitsune. Yeah. And she's using his, she unbeknownst to him, she's using his body as a vessel, preparing it to be a vessel for her father. Uh, okay. Some pretty wild stuff here. So he says, and then, and then here, 
in parentheses Google it, goes Dragon Ball Z, hope you don't have to Google that, on everyone. Like throwing Bebop and Rocksteady into a mountain in the background. They survive thanks to the power of slapstick. Or breaking Leo's swords by just blocking before backhanding him into the other turtles before taking out the rest of the heroes. Heck, feel free to come on your own overpowering moment that explains why most of the Pantheon bends their knees or flees. I think this is his theory about what could happen. Like he's... Yeah, yeah. This scenario here. Yeah, so okay. Shredder's going to come back being the Dragon Lord and just like just lay waste to everybody is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. Okay. And he says, and maybe the Turtles and surviving friends have to go to China to learn the Naruto style of ninja magic from a female turtle named Mai Pei Chi, who was legally distinct from Venus. Yeah. Later, Gators. Chris Carlson. <laughs> Uh, I, li- I like your theory. I like the Dragon Ball Z style fighting there. I yeah, that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, that would be. Pre- and um, quick side note: you say that Mei Pei Chi is legally distinct from Venus. Actually, that's, oh, here he goes. That's still Venus. So I mean, that's oh. that's still that character. So they would have to rename her something else. So all right. Well, well, that leads us into uh, issue nine. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. You know, first off, I would like to say seeing Shredder come back as like a Dragon Ball character would be that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. I hope they don't do that because that just kind of seems like stuff that we've already seen. Yeah, that's true. You know, you kind of remind me of Vegeta. I don't even know what that means, man. <laughs> oh, have you not watched Dragon Ball? I have. I don't. Please, no. You're the cool. You're like the cool bad guy. That's yeah. Vegeta. I actually meant that as a compliment. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm, uh, I'm probably Krillin. I'm the guy who gets killed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everybody just keep dying and coming back? Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's yeah. like you know, <laughs> I understand that I, I understand that I don't understand Dragon Ball. It's like got like a thirty year history that I'm just, I'm not starting it now. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I understand it's like it's too that late for me. Goku can't beat Superman. That's all I really care about. Well, fair enough. You know, I actually watched that video. I think they did a YouTube video on that. There's a couple of death. Yeah, go go to uh, uh look up Death Battle Superman versus Goku. They did yeah. one episode of it, and they did a rematch, and Superman won out both times. Well, it was really cool. Like especially like the second the the second video, like Goku does like that weird Kamehameha Hadouken looking thing. Takes them like forty five <laughs> minutes to charge up and like. Superman's being very nice and patient. And he just sit, he just stands there, and Goku does this weird fireball, <laughs> and it's like there's just <laughs> Superman's just standing there, and he's just walking towards Goku as this as he's being engulfed in flames, and then <laughs> Superman grabs him by the wrist and says, "Stop it!" Yeah, I mean, like he's not hurt. He just like you're talking to a kid who's annoying you. He just says, "Stop it." Yeah, stop. I was like, yeah, Yeah. Superman. (laughs) Ah, my man, my man. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. But yeah, so issue 90. Issue 90. I I, I like this issue. I'm just going to go ahead. I got to do it first. I haven't done it yet. Oh, Oh, the intro. Go for it. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages... Welcome back to another episode of Turtle Flakes Podcast presents the IDW Mutation Station. I Yay! I completely forgot what I was I said. I haven't said it in a year. <laughs> That's good to have you back. You're like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's like, well, what is, what is the thing? Well, just as you said that my son threw a basketball at me, so I was like, ah, I kind of <laughs> lost track of what you were saying anyway. Yeah, yeah, so uh, issue 90. Now, 
Josh and I were just talking about this before we started recording. It's been a long time since we, we've done one of these mutation stations. Thankfully, I was really behind with IDW for a while, uh, up until about Christmas time. Right around Christmas break, I had a little time off, and I finally got caught up. But this is the first one you've you've gotten to read in a while, right, Jose? I have not read an issue of the IDW Ninja Turtles since 72. Wow. After, it was probably the last time we covered it. After they, they, Yeah, it was. And it was after – it was the, the two-issue arc where they introduced the Pantheon, like the entire Pantheon. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I read – and since then, over the past – since Christmas, I should say, I've read Batman Ninja Turtles Part 2, which is really good but also not in continuity. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of like doing sit-ups and then eating pizza. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guilty. And, and, yeah, guilty. Um, <laughs> so I read Shredder in Hell, issue one, which is incredible. You should go read that. And then I read half of issue 89, and I read issue 90 two days ago. Yeah. And yeah. so there is a lot that I feel like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, where he's like, I don't recognize anything here. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I mean, I come back to this. Uh, I come back to this comic book series and just thank god it's still tom waltz writing you know because that's about the only thing i recognize because now they have art by michael dialinus i think yes sorry uh color colors are still done by rada patterson and bobby kernow still the editor tom waltz kevin eastman and all them they're still back but like i man just real quickly this is still i mean maddie santaluco is still my guy i love his turtles Mm mm-hmm but I really like these <laughs> these turtles. I love the design. I love how they all have gear now. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I noticed that actually. One of our one of our uh, uh, listeners um, from Tune In Pod, uh, Tune In Podcast, great podcast by the way. Uh, go check it out. It's on iTunes and uh, Google Play. Uh, they were mm-hmm. talking about how dapper uh, Ray Filet was. Ray Filet. Yeah. You see him. He's got the scarf and everything. He's got a scarf with a down jacket, and he's got his little wire rim <laughs> glasses. He's like the Egon of the group. I could see that. Yeah, he's no. like a buff Egon. Yeah, I know. It's like this was a dude who still was in a fight club in a prison, you know? So. <laughs> and That's class right there. But I really love, like, there's this first page here. Okay, so it's a wake uh, for uh, – or not even a wake. It's a full-on funeral for Slash. Yeah. Mm. And it, it there's a callback to, like, issue 19 or something like that. But this was the church that the Turtles were living in. After the Mausers destroyed their home in the sewers, and this home was destroyed by, or at the time anyway, it was destroyed by Slash. The first time they met him, uh, Slash uh, attacked uh, the Turtles and Splinter in this in this church, and so I thought that was a really cool callback. I really enjoyed that, but I really love the opening uh, uh, image here, the big middle panel, the second panel. Is the whole the entire congregation in this church consisting of the turtles and the mutanimals, and Michelangelo is giving the, uh, the eulogy? Is that what that is? The eulogy? Is that? What it is? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how Michelangelo. I mean, in a lot of ways, he almost takes the role of Leonardo in in some ways because he seems to be the heart of the Ninja Turtles. Which you know, he's just talking about how maybe he's not really gone. Because he talks about how he and his brothers were reincarnated and everything, and maybe he's still with us, and maybe he's still going to manifest himself somehow. And my mind immediately went to, wait a minute, if that's the case, like he could be back. 
you know, just in a different form later on. Uh, let me stop you right there. Yeah, but but I'm just saying it could happen. I didn't say I want that to happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I just, I, I really hope. The thing that I love about this comic book series is how different it is from comic books in general. I mean, yeah, it's still superheroes, costumes, bright colors, grim and gritty when it needs to be, and people come back from the dead sometimes. But it's very, very sparing. And I, I, I really just I really hope they don't start doing those tired traditional comic book tropes. But and overall, I mean, I know we, I know we've kind of joked about the Donatello part in the past. Yeah. I mean, overall though, like so far, Darius Dunn's not come back, and he's been dead for quite some time now. Most of the characters stay dead for a little while. I mean, technically, um, Shredder's not even back yet. No, no. I mean, you know, he's. I guess on an astral plane at this point, or no, he's, he's in, in hell. hell. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. He's in hell. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, they're sticking to their guns overall, and I I'm completely behind you on that yeah. because I like that. I like that a lot, and that kind of brought me to what I was going to say next. That old Hob here, I kind of I'm so intrigued by this character. One, I always loved his design. I always loved his his little micro series about him, and here. Uh, let me back up before I talk about this issue. I think the one where I really was sold on old, old Hob the most was when – do you remember? I think it was a Christmas issue, not this past one, but maybe the one before where he was trying to recruit some guys. Like he and Leatherhead like had this philosophical opinion about human beings, and I can't remember. I think there was a point in time where old Hob was trying to – Trying to do good, and he, you know, of course, he's a leader of the Mutanimals, or he was. He's trying to do good, but he's always been a gray character. He's always been kind of on the fence. He's an he kind of goes about yeah, yeah. He goes about things the wrong way. My question to you is this: After this issue, he crashes Michelangelo's speech, his eulogy, and he just gets on a, a tirade and goes, "You know what? He's not in another place. You know where he is? You can go find him. He's he's in a million pieces in the ocean. Yeah. You know, he, he's dead. And and you know what? These guys did it to him. They are the enemy. I am sick of being the good guy here. If you're not with me, you are against me. I'm going after these guys guns blazing. So I wanted to ask you, is he a villain now? Could we flat out say, okay, he's back to being what he was at the very beginning of this this IDW run. No, he's not. No, because if he was that guy, he would have like just basically shot up everyone in this room because like he was fighting everybody in this in this church in when he first met him. I mean, when he first meet him, he's working for Krang. You know, but yeah. I do think no, he's not he's not I mean, it's a great subversion here because he's given the bad guy speech. You know, he's He is. He certainly is. He's given the bad guy speech, but he's also the only one in this whole congregation of friends and family here. He's the only one wearing white. He's not mourning at all. Oh. He's I mean, he's got Slash's mask tied to his tied to his bicep, but he's wearing I never noticed. Yeah, that. he's wearing a white coat, white t-shirt and white jeans. You know, he looks like a member of Pearl Jam. You know, it's just <laughs> When was the last time you saw white jeans on anybody, you know? Oh, uh, I love that. He's given the bad guy talk, but he's, uh, he is, uh, he's, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, he's not a figure. He's not a figure of mourning right now. Yeah. He's not because mourning is stupid. He's slashes. And I kind of understand this slash is dead. 
what do you what are you all sitting around moping about it we can't change it let's just go let's just go uh we can't bring them back let's just go get revenge i always think it's it's an interesting way to look at both philosophies here you know you've got you're in a church Michelangelo's talking about you know life after death and all this stuff, yeah. and then you got the other the other side of that where uh, old Hobbes like no he's dead he's just gone he's not coming back yeah. let's go to war you know that you got these two opposing belief systems here, and that makes me think okay there's this war coming it's literally another city at war story arc coming yep, up here the next, it says the it next at, ten issues are going to be crazy yeah yeah they're actually calling it that story arc the city at war I think. Um, is old Hob going to team with the Turtles against Bishop? Or I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't. I think he's going to kind of do his own thing. I think he's just going to go out Punisher style. He's just he's Dirty Harry, which right makes now. me think he's, he's going to die. He's yeah, me too. He's probably going to be the he's his he's going to either die killing somebody. Like I think yeah. I think it would be really cool for um, old Hob to die killing Bishop. Yes, you know, I would be Bishop, okay with that. I don't know how Slash died. I get the impression that he blew up at sea. Yes, well, Bishop, um, he planted, spoilers here, he, uh, Bishop in two issues before this, Bishop had planted a nuclear device within Slash, and Whoa. Slash finally figures it out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Dude. Slash finally figures it out, and it's kind of it's a gut-wrenching issue toward the end because Slash knows he's got he's, he's to get away. Yeah, so he says his goodbyes to the turtles. Yeah, so Sally uh, pilots him far, far away, and um, eventually, slash, he just kind of parachutes out of the the helicopter and and blows up over the the ocean. It's a really, really sad issue, and that's why you get this kind of backdrop of him in the skies in the beginning on the cover. Great cover, by the way. Yeah. And and that's how it happened. And then you had the Christmas issue right after that, and then now we're getting – now we're finally addressing what happened. Yeah, see, I really, I really love uh, Old Hobbs' speech here because, like, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, the Turtles, and Splinter—they know that it's possible to re- be reincarnated. You know, th- they know there's an afterlife. You know, they they yeah. know that there's a heaven and hell. And Old Hob. Even though us as the reader, we know that there's all this stuff. This is the hardest part about writing just opposing viewpoints. Old Hob, he knows that when you die, it's over. You're dead. You're gone. It's as if you didn't exist anymore in your own head because it's just you're dead. You know, and this is another. I mean, I've said it before on the show a long time ago. I like Old Hob now after his micro series way back yeah, in like 2013 too. but like old hob just reminds me of my dad i mean like old hob is my dad to a t like i've i've had this discussion with him where it was just like i remember when my grandpa died and i was really it was like the first real death i ever experienced in my life and i asked my mom i was like you know i was like 15 16 and i said something really just kind of childish in my in my opinion looking back on it i was like i asked my mom do you think grandpa's in heaven and my grand my mom said yeah of course he is you know, and one day you will be too. And okay, and so I, and just for whatever reason, I needed reaffirmation of that. And I asked my dad, and I said, "Dad, you think Grandpa's in heaven?" And my dad says, "There is no heaven. There, there's no uh-huh. heaven. There's no hell. You're when you're when you're dead. You're you're done. Your your time is up." 
I was like, so I've got these two opposing viewpoints in there. It's like, you, no matter what I believe, I mean, I believe in God, of course, not to get too heavy this episode. I mean, I believe in God, of course I do. Even though I'm not a religious person by any stretch of the imagination, I do believe in God and I do believe in mm-hmm. another realm of existence. But it was just, it is just this weird dichotomy between my mother yeah. and my father in terms of just what faith is and like, Old Hob here is like he knows that there is nothing after you die, so I'm gonna go. He's convinced of that. Yeah, yeah, he he knows it. He's not even convinced. He knows. He that's his thought process. In this, in, even in, his thought in process. In the realms in, of this story arc, there is an afterlife, and he doesn't give it. It's just like yeah, he's like no, no, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like even though like Splinter could tell him, no, oh, dude, look seriously. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I died. <laughs> I still talk to my wife that died 400 years ago. He's like. <laughs> It's like, trust me, this happened. Oh, man, just, all right, well, long-distance relationships don't work. I don't believe in that. <laughs> but, you know, you bring up a great point. It's it's the classic old faith versus... Faith versus logic. Sure, sure. You know, that age-old question. So you've got that... Uh, dichotomy is a perfect way to put it. you got that dichotomy going on, and then you've got a, a cutaway to Bishop... And I bet you this was a shock for you. Oh my about man, god! Yeah, man, baby, Bishop. <laughs> Bishop was Bishop is basically Quadu from Total Recall. <laughs> I could see that. Open your mind. Uh, open your. He looks like him. Oh my god! Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just like a baby head in this <laughs> in this robot body, I guess. Yeah. What is it with Ninja Turtles and robot bodies? Ah, uh, well, you know they. They they do like the robot bodies. Speaking of robots, we're not done with robots in this issue. I'm Spoilers. so I'm so mad too, you know, because like, where is the IDW action figure line? Where? Oh man, where I'm is that? I know. I Neck is going to get hold of it. I understand Playmates' mentality. More people watch the cartoon than read this comic. It's a it's not even a contest. It's whatever, you know, so more people recognize Rise of the Ninja Turtles and the audience is too small for people just buying the IDW Ninja Turtle action figures like this fake uh, action figure line I'm creating in my head right now. But I was like, where where is yeah. this stuff? This would oh, be, so be so cool. cool. It wouldn't sell, which is why it, it isn't made. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And did you catch what uh, Bishop was actually looking at? He was um, so. From what I can tell, mm-hmm. it looks like Leatherhead on one. Yes, demonic. that's what I was thinking. And he's like, "Oh, I've got another idea. I've got something in my back pocket that I I think will help." And poor Leatherhead. Yeah, that's so, all I could say. Like poor Leatherhead's. He's been tortured by Krang. He finally gets his revenge on him, and then Bishop's yeah. already targeted him again. Yeah, which is you know that's that's what this dude will do, but like. I really, I, I what I really do like is the fact that there was this one soldier that works for the Earth Defense. Is it Earth Defense Force or Earth Protection Force? I think it's Earth Protection. Yeah. Okay, Earth Protection. But there's this one blonde-haired, like black ops, super special forces military dude, and I think his name is like Mister Knight or Mister. He's like named after yeah, chess yeah. piece, or he's like Mister Rook or something like that. And he's yeah. just, I, I really love this dude because he's just like, this is my nine to five. He called yeah, I know. So he seems great. like a good guy. Yeah, and he and he's still there. Like he's sitting there fighting whoever is there, and he's always he's like Hunk from Resident Evil. He's always the dude that gets out. <laughs> he, he lives. You know, he's like the super talented dude. But I really love 
Um, he's Barry Burton. He's Barry Burton. Yeah, Chris Redfield. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was jumping ahead a little bit, but like, yeah, that that dude is still there. Um, but yeah, Agent Bishop survived. I guess an explosion of some type. He had his head like just like he's get he's having his android body repaired, and you knew yeah, that there was yeah. something up with this guy because I remember in like issue sixty something, Leonardo chopped off Bishop's hands. Yeah. And it was revealed that he was a robot. But I didn't yeah. know that equated to a man baby head inside <laughs> chest. And yeah, that's true. I, and they actually talk about that in issue 88. Okay. Um, you get a little bit more of his origin story. Uh, but basically, that, that the body that he has, he had yeah. like a primitive version of that that kept him alive when he was younger because, you know, he had such physical abnormalities that if they did if his father didn't design the body he was going to die but his father was pretty jacked up and wanted to use not only that technology to keep his son alive but to harness technology that technology to eradicate any mutants okay and so basically like father like son in in a lot of ways that's cool so Uh, but then it goes on to seeing april with her parents and she's moving into an apartment building and this was all this 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 is like two page conversation, which bleeds over and actually it's a four page thing that really just kind of blew my head open. Um, well, I was about to ask you about this, yeah. Okay, so April is moving into her own apartment. She's working for Stock Gen Labs, which I knew because that was the very beginning of the Turtle series that isn't a series anymore. It was like the anthology series. The universe. Uh, Universe, thank you. Yeah, at the beginning of Universe, you find out that April is working for Stockgen Labs now. So Stockman, it, she's a spy for the Turtles, but Stockman's kind of... I think Stockman's too smart to not know that she's doing... Oh, yeah. ...being shady. Maybe that's already been said in an earlier issue I, that I haven't read yet. It doesn't hit around to it. Like, she's trying to help him with his campaign to become mayor. Yeah, that was the thing. Now he's running for mayor. Yeah, because uh, uh, um, his Mausers, oh, what did they do? They took care of something not long ago, and every, everyone's um, heralding him as a hero, you know, because of it. Of course, yeah. it was actually April's idea, not his. So she's, she thinks she's playing Baxter, but Baxter's smart. I personally think that Baxter knows what's up, and, you know, he's keeping tabs on her as well. I think yeah. they're both spying on each other, to be honest. Right after this, though, did you know about the romance between Casey and Jenica? No, man, these four pages, like, <laughs> my head in half. No, so, okay, so I knew that Casey Jones and April, they were on the outs. You know, they they had kind of broken up. And now Casey's moving in on Jenica? <laughs> oh, yeah. Issue 88, man. Oh, and, and, and 80, uh, the, the Christmas issue. I think the second part of it. He, I think he runs off and he, he wants to take her out on the town. Or something. I can't remember what it was. Or maybe he asked her out. I can't remember. Yeah, so he he picks her up and they're going to Coney Island, and yeah. he's riding his dad's old motorcycle, which is I don't know if I'm, is Han alive? You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he is. I think he's still ticking. That's cool. Yeah, but but I think that this is it's so weird that him and Jennifer are together now or are about to be together. I mean, not like weird in a bad way, but it's just like oh, that's kind of cool. You know, like, uh, you know what? I have a horrible theory, and it's a very cynical theory. Yeah. I think Jenik is going to get it too. I think a lot of these newer characters, they're going to bite the dust. I, I really do. I think I think a lot of them were incorporated for us to get attached to them because they've been around long enough. Mm-hmm. But they're also expendable because they're not part of a very, very long, ongoing. 
They're not well, beloved characters for years not, and years. They're and not years. the old guard of characters, yeah. But yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think she's going to be a. Uh, I think she's going to get. it. I don't know if it'll be around issue 100, but I think IDW is going to. Or I think IDW. Go oh, go ahead. Wrap your head around this. They're not going to kill April. What if April dies? No way. I don't think it'll happen. No, 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 no. Hear me out now. What if April dies and Karai dies, but then you've got Jenica, who is kind of like a great mix between those two characters because, like, she – I mean, she's open and willing enough to, like, let her, so to speak, let her hair down and go out to Coney Island with Casey Jones and have fun, but she's also, like, super secret ninja. (laughs) So she's like this – She's like the best parts of both Karai and April. Seemingly, I don't know. I've only read a couple of issues with Jenica in it, and she's always been a character that I've liked. You know, she was uh, she was a really hardcore assassin who I always thought it was funny. She would look like Red Hood from Batman comics, uh-huh. but um, but now you're finding out that there's just other layers to her. Apparently, from this one issue that I've read over the past year, I'm mad. I'm gonna have to buy all these books now. Well, you know, you got me intrigued because I, I don't know if IDW is doing this intentionally or if I've just f- randomly thought this. You know, maybe maybe that's that's a way of them throwing us off the scent with Splinter. You know, maybe it's maybe we think it's going to be Splinter that's going to get it, and it's going to be another character that gets it, it, another one we had no idea was coming. I mean, it's going to be it's so ridiculous here. Where like, you know, not ridiculous in a bad way, but like, you know, say Splinter does something super bad. That everybody questions, and like so, the turtles turn their shells, they turn their backs on uh, Splinter, like for good. It's like, no, we're done. Yeah, and he does something that Jenica thinks, well, that's not the Foot Clan's way, so she's done, and now she's going to be with Casey, and Casey's running the Purple Dragons. Yeah, you know, like so now, now the Purple Dragons are going to be hardcore, you know, <laughs> and, oh, and man. say Baxter's going to find out April's double crossing them so what do you think baxter's gonna do this isn't like the fly dude from the original cartoon he's gonna baxter's a mean dude and like pull the trigger you know yeah yeah he's, he's definitely a lot based on the you know mirage the volume one i mean very very cunning and deviant he's a lot he's he's always been cunning but he's now he's dangerous yeah. i think this is the most dangerous baxter we've ever seen yeah i mean if, if he does get mayor april might think that that she's kind of Bleeding into him, yeah. whispering in his ear, but it might be the other way around, and he knows it. And um, plus, he, if he if he does get elected mayor, he's going to be untouchable. There's going. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are basically three street gangs. What are they going to do? There, yeah, there will be there will be nothing that they could do. But anyway, th- there was a lot to unpack in those couple of. Uh, there sure there's is a lot yeah. in these this like little section, like five six pages, and then. At the same time, this is being juxtaposed with what's going on in uh, the Earth Defense Forces base of operations. Mm-hmm. They're under attack. And I completely forgot that this next character showing up even <laughs> I, I didn't think it would be him. I immediately thought it was Leatherhead. I'm like, okay, Leatherhead's coming in. He's going to yeah, you saw, a can. You saw Leatherhead on a monitor. I thought it was either Leatherhead or Old Hob. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So, you know, they, they, good job, IDW. You, you threw us off the scent for sure. Metalhead. 
shows up here. And we haven't seen him since the Universe yeah. series, I, I believe. Didn't Michelangelo call him Metal Don or something like that? Or... Oh, he yeah, did. can't he remember. Did. But he's, he basically, by, <clears throat> by the end of that two-issue arc, he becomes Ultron from Avengers. Yes, exactly. We were, we were talking about that. Um, yeah, and, and he says, uh, it's, Bishop actually talks to him. He says, um, I've come to propose a mutually beneficial alliance. Yeah. And we do not know what that means, but it certainly doesn't look like Bloodhead's going to be in the Turtles' corner anytime soon. It looks like he's partnering up with Bishop in some way. So you got Bishop, possibly Leatherhead, and now Metalhead all on one side here, possibly. It's not going to be Leatherhead. There's no way. Leatherhead's way too much of – I personally, I think Leatherhead's way too much of a loner. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, sure. I, I get that, but it, it might be beyond his control. Yeah, you know, what if he does the same thing to Slash? That that's he... true. Yeah, it could just be two sides going at the turtles at one time. Yeah, and you know what? I will say this: the only thing I don't like about this issue, just real quickly, is now this issue kind of confirms I'm never going to get. We're never going to get that super fight between Leatherhead and Slash that I was really. Yeah. For. Was like, dude, how can <laughs> you not have this one good guy who's super huge and this one bad guy who's super huge and not throw them at each other? Reincarnation. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, issue two hundred reincarnated, and then it's just kind of like, oh well, what what do you think is going to happen? What you th- they reincarnated Slash just so he could die at Leatherhead's hands? No, no. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of advertising who's going to be the winner of that fight. You know, so. that's true. That's true. No, it was moral victory for Slash. <laughs> right, right. So. And I'll tell you what, I love I love this next part. Well, actually, right before the funny part. The Charles, they're, they're kind of talking about, you know, what had happened at the wake and everything. And Raphael kind of says something bizarre. He's like, why don't we just leave? Why don't we just get out of here and get out of – stay out of trouble for once, which yeah. seems very opposite of Raph to do that. Yeah, it that that's a good indication for me anyway. For me as a comic book fan, having read these uh, books for years now and read the Turtles as a whole comic books for years, even longer than that – it really shows just like how these characters are not the characters you met in the first issue. Yeah. You know, because like Raphael would never back away from a fight. And he's like, I kind of think he's just being logical. And he's just like, we can't win. There's we can't just keep fighting a bigger threat. And he makes a really good point because Leonardo's immediately like, we don't run away from a conflict We're that's just not who we are. And then, Raphael throws it right back at him. It's like, you know, after Shredder messed with your head and turned you into a bad guy, turned you into an assassin, he's like, mm-hmm. nobody complained when we had to run away in Northampton. That's true. And it's like, point. yeah, you know what? There's a bit of hypocrisy there. You know, like, yeah. not that they're complaining because Raphael's the one that thought of it, but you could immediately see how that he would think that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he, to me, for once, and this is so refreshing because I've never been a – Big Raph guy. I, I always liked Raph. I liked all four turtles for their own reasons, but I, mm-hmm. I, I always thought Raph was kind of impulsive and brutish a little bit. I think here he just – it makes sense. He's just tired. You know, he's tired, and he, he's hinted around to this a few times throughout the IDW run. Like, look, this is all we ever do is is fight. We think we've got everything taken care of, and then another guy shows up. Yeah. You know? I think he's just tired of fighting. And that's, that's a Raph we've not seen before. Yeah. That's a huge risk because everybody knows Raphael is just like the big meathead that's 
willing to fit anybody. You know, he's just he's done or he's about to be done. You know, yeah. just he's reaching the end of his rope. And Michelangelo, I think, kind of kind of kind of agrees with him. Yeah. And which hardly ever happens too. well, yeah, I mean, well, from issue 50 onward, when Michelangelo was like when when he was just like, I'm not going to be part of the Foot Clan, you know, I, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. And then Raphael was the one I mean, out of all the turtles, Raphael was the one that convinced them that like. You know, just because we're the Foot Clan now doesn't mean we're not family and all this stuff. And yeah. like Raphael and Michelangelo have really been broing down pretty hard, and which is a relation which you never see that. It's always Leonardo and Raphael or Michelangelo and Donatello. You never see it the other way around. That's true. And I also think it's really cute that Michelangelo still or Raphael still has his pet dinosaur from Turtles. Yeah, and pepperoni. <laughs> but is it pepperoni or pepperoni? Oh, I, I don't know. If it's pepperoni, that's that's even better. That's even better. <laughs> but also, it's like, does anybody realize that baby dinosaurs are triceratops? Eventually, he's going to be like, you know, just okay. You get you're an outside animal now. You know. So. Then, he, then he releases him to the triceratons. Yeah, no, he ain't going to do that. <laughs> that's my dog. Nobody yeah, else. It's my dinosaur. Uh, but yeah, okay. So we get a cutaway to Splinter here, and I really like this part. You know, where the kids are trying to—they have old VHS tapes. And they're like, this <laughs> they is no we don't know how to how use these things. Works. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, man. Uh, but I, I love the posters in the background, too. It, you, you've got the Crane Kid instead of the Karate Kid yeah. and Bruce Lee. I, I just thought that was a nice little touch in the background there. Some cool little Easter eggs there. And I love, 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 love that Master Splinter is a Miyagi guy. That gives me hope. Of course he is, yeah. Well, well, you know, I, <laughs> I really love um, when – they're watching this movie called The Octagon, which is a Chuck Norris movie, and and Splinter is looking at the VHS tape, and he immediately flashes back to when the Turtles were really young, and they're talking about who's the best martial art actor, and <laughs> Raphael loves Chuck Norris, Michelangelo loves Jackie Chan, Leonardo loves Bruce Lee, and then Donatello's like, I don't know, I kind of like Van Damme. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Everyone's You're like, supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> I know, Raphael's like, dude. I was like, but that was awesome because, like, when I was a kid, I was like the only one that loved Van Damme. It's like all my friends love Bruce Lee movies and Jackie Chan movies, and I was like, I mean, Van Damme. They just kind of look at you. Yes. <laughs> Did nobody see Street Fighter? Come on. <laughs> oh, oh. I love Street Fighter, man. I don't I care. <laughs> Street uh, Fighter's uh, awesome. <laughs> that movie. Ugh. You remember the, the – well, sorry. Never mind. No, That's a tangent. No, never no, mind. No, I was going to say, remember the – there was a video game based on the movie, which is based on a video game. Street Fighter, the movie, the game. The game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everybody makes like, – like, that's just, like, such a bad thing. It was like, they made movies – they made video games about movies that didn't need video games. Like, why, why are we surprised about this? <laughs> that's true. It's just – Oh my god, and, they made a Street Fighter game. Well, yeah. <laughs> they make Street Fighter games all the time. So. I'm hoping for that to come back. Anyway. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, and then of course we get the, the big reveal at the very end. She's finally back, man. She yeah, makes a grown man Karai. You've got Karai, Koya, Bludgeon, who Bludgeon is shorter than I ever thought he was. You know, and then you've yeah. got... Which is fine. The big guy. That's just how that audio. That's just how that artist draws that character. But uh, I mean, big doesn't equate strength. But then you've got the fourth mutant here. He's not even a mutant. He's a demon. And 
I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but I all was these about people to say the same I thing. Have. I can't remember his name. <clears throat> I cannot re- I mean he's he's a gerbil. <laughs> he looks like a hamster. <laughs> no, he's a I'm sorry, he's a mole. That's what he is. He's a mole. But he <laughs> but he's a demon. I like demon gerbils better though. <laughs> demon gerbils. They run. They run across that wheel of fire. There you go. Yeah, J- John Carpenter presents Demon Gerbils. Day of the Demon Gerbils. Day of the Demon Gerbils. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Cry, she just shows up, and that's the last page of the book, and she says, "I have returned to reclaim what is rightfully mine." So this this makes you wonder if this is one of those old comic book tropes where you think she's against Splinter here, but she's really not. What do you think? She's against Splinter. <laughs> there's, oh, right. there's no way. Okay, so, so in Karai's path, she I think she took over the Yakuza, or she at least killed everyone in the Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. Which, considering the Yakuza is a real gang, bold move, Tom Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have done that, but okay. So, um, I would have just made up another Japanese gang, and Yakuza. Yeah, the Yakuza. For you uh, Metal Gear fans, they're the Lale Lule Lo, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, so she's taken over the Yakuza, or at least killed off their leaders. Uh, and so now she wants the Foot Clan back, you know, which, yeah, yeah I can totally see she would she would want that. And um, I got it. It's not going to be like the next issue she kills Splinter or anything like that. But, you know, it's definitely there's I, there's going to be a changing of the guard somewhere, I think. Well, see, but the thing that makes me wonder if somehow it'll be like maybe a temporary alliance is the fact that Splinter is still trying to assist Shredder through hell right now, you know, on this astral plane somehow. Yes. All right. So on top of Karai, everything that he does. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I know. Hang out in hell and help my buddy. <laughs> I got to go remind the Shredder that, hey, it's bros before. Oh, Josh. <laughs> That was good. I'll give you that Thank one. You. <laughs> Still haven't edited it out. They, even, they even have that moment in Shredder. They, have you read Shredder in Hell? Oh, yeah. With the Tank Shen, she's just like, go. Yeah, go he's like, your friend. she loves him, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. And, like, every dude has had that moment where, like, he loves her, doesn't he? Yeah. Every 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 dude has had that moment with their buddy. Which like, oh, man. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. But, uh, yeah, so excellent issue. I think it really kind of sets the foundation of, of some – there's some moving parts here for sure. Old Hob, we don't know exactly what he's going to do, although I think he's going to go in guns blazing. We, he, yeah, we, know, don't what, know. we know what he's going to do. He's going to get the, sure. the biggest gun he can find and just go kick down to he's the doors. Gonna, Right, he's probably going to get himself killed is what's going to happen. Yeah. I hate that because I love that character. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've got Karai. She comes in the mix. We don't know what Bash is going to do, but I know he's up to something. It's just a very – oh, and then, of course, Metalhead here. There's a lot to unpack in the in this issue here, but oh. uh, it's laying the groundwork here. Things are brooding, and uh, uh, there is one thing I do want to read from the Ninja Notes real quick. I know we're very short on time. I think we've already gone over an hour, but I'll just hurry up and read this, and I'll shut up. It says um, – this is from Bobby Kernow himself from Ninja Notes. Basically, this this lady named um, Jacqueline Flynn, she asked him, she has a, a gut feeling somebody's going to die in issue 100. So she kind of says, I know you can't really tell me who, but is somebody going to die? So basically, this is Bobby Kernow's response to that. He said, thanks, Jacqueline. No plans for Ninjara, but maybe after issue 100. Speaking of, can't really say anything about the next milestone issue. 
The only thing I will say is that it will be a game changer, much like TMNT 50, and it will be double-sized. So, game changer makes me think we're going to get some jaw-dropping moments. I mean, it's issue 100. I guess that's almost assumed. You kind of you have to do something. Yeah, especially nowadays, you kind of have to. I'm calling it a major character will die. Um, I just hope it's... I, I don't really hope it's Splinter, but I would understand why it could be Splinter, and I've already accepted that. I just don't want it to be some one of my favorite. Guys. That's your well, favorite. Thinking. That's your guy. Yeah, like Splinter is my Splinter is my guy. Kinda, your... But I don't know that. Well, okay. I'm I've accepted that. I've accepted that. Now, if they go off and they kill Casey Jones or somebody else, I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but uh, but Splinter, I could see maybe. Or I've got, like I said, a bad feeling it could be Old Hob or maybe even both or Jenica. I think it's going to be maybe a newer character and, of course, a foundational character. They're going to get it. It's, I mean, it's going to be a city at war kind of arc, so there could be many casualties to this. Kind of reminds you of The Walking Dead in some ways. You know, some major characters are going to go, and I just don't know exactly who yet. But, but anyways, yeah, I just thought, you know, the listeners needed to know. Our friends needed to know that something major is going to happen. I think there's going to be – I, I kind of think there's going to be multiple deaths. I I think so too. I think maybe Splinter. I think Splinter's gonna go. I think now I'm thinking like it's just gonna suck to be a good guy. Old I know. Go. Splinter's gonna go. April's gonna go. I think a turtle is gonna. Really? Go. I think maybe Michelangelo might go. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, I think. I think also you know Karai's gonna go. Shredder's not gonna be the same guy anymore. You know maybe some of the mm-hmm. Pantheon's gonna be taken out too. You know Bishop's gonna. I think Bishop's definitely gonna be taken out. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, man, I, I think can see that. I think there's going to be a like a crisis. Like if you read DC Comics, like every time there's a crisis storyline, I think that's what's yeah. happening. Where it's just going to be, it's going to be like universe shattering. Yeah, it's going to be deviations, but for real. Yeah, and it's um, I I really do think there's going to be major. I mean, they've already said major change is going to happen, and that's a great you know bumper sticker. You know, major change. <laughs> you know? It, it's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Yeah, winter is coming. And, <laughs> you know, issue 100 will be in October, you know, yeah. so, or October, oh, November. So, really? You no, know, yeah. And isn't that funny how it works? Issue 100 is going to completely make us hate life. And then issue 101 will be their Christmas up. Christmas issue. Like, I'm like, oh, yay! everything's good. <laughs> it was all a dream. Yay. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. You know what? It would be uh, hilarious if, like, that was the one issue that was – that was the one Christmas issue that was Festivus. And now they're talking – it's just Raphael talking about how pissed off he is at everybody. He's airing his grievances. <laughs> yeah, he's airing his grievances. And, like, it's just him being there as his feat of strength. He's so, oh, that's so funny. Oh, that would great. be so cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, well, dudes to do that, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let me get through these links real quick so you can reach out to us. I almost forgot uh, our question of the week is what do you make of this issue? I mean it's a pretty easy question here. Uh, we'd love to hear theories. What are your plans for Metalhead? What do you see going on? What do you, what do you think Karai wants? Do you, is she going to take over the Foot Clan? Uh, what about Baxter? Uh, you, you guys email it to us and give us your, your feedback on this. We'd be so excited to share on, on the uh, – on the next episode of Turtle Flakes, because it's always fun to speculate. This is an extremely exciting time to be a Turtles fan, especially um, with the comics right now. Um, so yeah, reach out to us. Our email address is turtleflakespodcast@gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes, and we have a great Facebook group page called, uh, it's facebook.com/groups/turtleflakes. 
Uh, the TurtleCom hotline, it's still up. Please give us a call if you want to talk about the IDW series um, that way. We'd love to edit that into the show. Our number is 865-309-4875. And um, big slice of pizza goes to our friend Mark from TMNT Entity. Uh, writes amazing reviews, very insightful, has a whole IDW continuity line. Go check out TMNT Entity at tmntentity.blogspot.com. And another slice goes out to our friend Anthony Hernandez, a.k.a. BatBomb82 on YouTube. He has a family-friendly YouTube channel dedicated to the Ninja Turtles, classic and modern toys. It's called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday. So go check that out. We are proud partners with the Retro Gaming Times magazine. Uh, It is a free online magazine dedicated to classic electronics and classic uh, video games. The website is classicplastic.net slash TRT. And, of course... Got to check out Josh's awesome articles, all right, at Turtle Tracks Blog. Is it TurtleTracksBlog.com, Jose? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, so, I, you know, it, it, there are some great reviews on there of the Turtle toys as well as some other stuff. Like like Josh already mentioned, um, you know, Resident Evil 2, I know you might – are you going to write a review on there too, you think, uh, Yeah, man? I'm going to write a uh, like a first impressions type thing because I've uh, played a good eight hours of it. I've got probably another 20 hours left to go. So, so I'm going nice. to I'm gonna try and just get every single thing in that game that I can. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do it as early as I can because like there's just everyone's talking about that game right now, so yeah. yeah. But awesome. there's uh, blog.com, uh where you can find movie reviews, video game reviews, toy reviews, all, and just me just talking about whatever's in my head. And also you can uh, go to my gaming channel on YouTube, which is Turtle Tracks Games, um, where you're just gonna watch me play games terribly. So, <laughs> well, I can relate to that. I was originally going to call it the terrible gamer. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, I liked it too because like everybody, you want don't go on YouTube looking for like video game tutorials because you're just going to feel like a like an idiot because like all <laughs> these people are so much better at these games than I. Like I'm terrified to do it. You're by, so much better than I am. I'm a I, I am terrible at I'm terrified at doing a Dead by Daylight video because I'm I'm horrible at that game. <laughs> so, but I'm I'm probably gonna do it some sometime. Well, you're still better than me, so there you go. You got that. Well, I mean, that just proves how bad I am. I'm so bad at that <laughs> game. I'm better than Rob. I'm so bad. At it. <laughs> hey, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> all right. Well, well, Hoser. The question we all want to know to close out another two, totally tubular episode of Turtle Flakes. What kind of pizza are we gonna have this time? Oh man, you know, like um. Man, we... I called it last week, so you have to call it this week. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna break your brain right now. Okay, so I'm gonna break your brain open. So we're gonna have a blueberry and Greek yogurt <laughs> pizza. Really? That sounds healthy. A blueberry and Greek yogurt pizza on a wheat crust. So Ooh, very healthy. I don't know. <laughs> That's just breakfast pizza. <laughs> you know. So there it is. Yeah, blueberry and Greek yogurt instead of. Instead of sausage and mozzarella, you know. I respect that. I respect that. All right, dudes and dads. Well, there you go. Josh changing things up here. Well, on behalf of Josh and myself, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for, for all your support over the years, my friends. Please keep those emails coming. We're loving all the feedback we've been getting, especially uh, uh, in particular to the IDW run. A really exciting time, and I definitely want to share more of your feedback on our shows. Thank you so, so much. And on behalf of Josh and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy your family your friends and a mega slice of blueberry and greek yogurt pizza on wheat crust is that right yeah all right all right i got it right well cowabunga dudes cowabunga everyone all right i still do love how i just i 
I say something like pepperoni and cheese, and you can't remember that. And I do something really stupid. <laughs> hey, man, M&M's and blueberry pizza. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. That's what I'm I talking that, about. I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I do that either. No. It just stands out. It stands it out. out. Yeah, it's like everybody has pepperoni. Yeah, every, everybody used to. i still rather have pepperoni. I still like uh, your name for that uh, rap song, Pepperoni. <laughs> pepperoni, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I knew it was something funny and pizza based. It was like pepperoni or mozzarella. It was one of those. <laughs> oh, I like mozzarella better. Mozzarella, yeah. I, just, I like pepperoni myself. <laughs> <laughs> Said for my birthday, maybe we could get a rescue us a small dog. Because our house isn't very big, and, and uh, we just got to think about it. That's such a big dog for our little house. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so so I was kind of joking with her about names. I was like, I want it to be Star Wars based. And I was like, we could do Leia if it's a girl, and then and then like maybe Chewie or Chewbacca. And then I was like, oh, Chewbacca. There you go. Chewbacca. <laughs> She just kind of looked at me. I was like, no good? Okay. <laughs> no, no, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll have to wait till next paycheck for that one. Came out Friday, yeah. And I, uh, I got to play it. Um, yeah, I bought it on... I pre-ordered it Thursday. And at 11 o'clock Thursday night, it was available for people that digitally uh, pre-ordered it. Oh, that's awesome. I got to play it a little bit, and I played through, if you remember, Resident Evil 2. Back in the day, put yourself in 1998 when Resident Evil 2 came out. And you had, it was a two-disc game, which all of us were just freaking out about. Because, <laughs> oh my god, Resident Evil 2 is on two discs. It's a massive game. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> the re- in, in, in retrospect, it's not, but back then it was a huge deal. Oh, and yeah. Uh, one disc for Leon and one disc for Claire and so you had the, the scenarios the A and B scenario that you can mix and match how you wanted and I always I had read that like in canon like in continuity the order for that um, scenario goes Claire A, Leon B that's the uh, canon really? yeah they actually it's referenced in Resident Evil 6 Leon talks about it wow and um it's a very it's a very quick reference. It's not like a flashback or anything like that. But um, so I went through Claire's A storyline or first run, as it's called. You got first run and second run in the games in this new game. So I did uh, all of Claire's uh, A scenario. So like you've got Claire A, Leon B, and then you can flip it where you have Leon A, Claire B. So like you really, I'm not even halfway through the game technically speaking, but it's, it was very very interesting how the liberties that were taken really with this remake yeah i mean like it's not it's it's not shot for shot it's but it's like everything that was in that original game is in this game but they've improved upon it so i've heard a lot of people say that they say there's some backtracking and everything in, in the game too um just like the original oh but, yes old school resident evil man there's yeah, yeah you're gonna be but... using that map like crazy <laughs> yeah, it's... which i'm okay with yeah well i mean that's it's not me that they got to convince it's this new generation of player that like became fans with Resident Evil 7 uh, uh, yeah. have you played Resident Evil 7 I haven't I haven't played it 
Okay, well, play that game. It's actually not. I mean, you can get through that game in five hours. Wow. I mean, which I mean, that's I mean, but really think about it. It's Resident Evil. How how long do these games have to be? You know, I mean, it's not like this is Tolkien. You know, it's not like <laughs> the Fellowship of the Zombie. Grand operatic thing. And, oh, it's just. It, I mean, like I I went through. I finished Claire's scenario yesterday. It took me eight hours. Wow. So. If I and I had I didn't use any I think it was because I didn't use any guides I didn't use anything and I went as much on muscle memory as I could because it's not the same game but it is the same game so everything that you remember from that first game is in there but it's different now so like there's technically four scenarios you can play through so if each of them averages out to be about eight hours I mean that's a 24 hour game yeah no kidding or yeah. eight 32 yeah 32. I, I can math <laughs> but yeah so that's that, that's potentially a 30 hour game and I, I think it was because like there was a lot of there was a lot of holy crap moments because like I I never felt there was only one time where I actually felt like a, uh, <laughs> and it was in one boss fight where like you know the the old <clears throat> cliche of video game boss logic. Like, you, there's that one room with all this health and ammo everywhere. It's like, oh, something's gonna happen. <laughs> I won't spoil it because it's an awesome moment. But it was, there's <laughs> there's I walk into this one room and there's a typewriter and like four first aid sprays and a brand new weapon that I'm probably only gonna use once. Uh-huh. This can't be good. This isn't. This isn't gonna be easy, and it wasn't easy, and it was, and I got eaten like four or five different times, but it was a lot of fun. And it, <laughs> and there was a timer and everything. It was like, oh, come on! I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though, the, one of the most uh, calming, um, pressure relieving, I think, music, uh, songs in uh, video game history is that save room music. The Resident Evil 2 save room. Yeah, she's like, oh, thank God. When you hear yeah. that, because a lot of times you hear the music first before the, the graphics would kick in with the old PlayStation game. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so as soon as you walk through that door, you're like, oh, thank God. Let me make it to the door. <laughs> Let me make it to the door. Yeah. <laughs> the tyrant's right behind me. And, and that's still that video game. Like, okay, so real quick tangent. I won't take too much time. Oh, you did. You remember the tyrant from Resident Evil 2. He had the green trench coat and everything. Oh, yeah. Bust through the wall. Oh, yeah, bust through the wall. Okay. They... Oh my god, they made that thing the scariest video <laughs> game enemy in history. Because, like, it, this is in the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler. So there's a helicopter crash, right? You remember Resident Evil 2, a helicopter crashes into the second floor of the police station. So I'm walking down this hallway, and I'm turning a corner, and there's that crashed uh, helicopter. And all of a sudden, it starts to move. And then it gets uh. lifted up, and it's the tyrant. It's called Mr. X. Mr. X lifts it up with one arm and holds it there for a second and walks towards you. You're like, oh, crap, what do I do? <laughs> and it was like the first thing I did. And it was it's this great redesign of him where like all they did was they gave him a green fedora. Makes him all dapper. <laughs> he looks really cool. And somehow that's just like he looks like one of the men in black. It's just it's so scary when that happens. But like, you see um, Defender. Yeah. <laughs> So he's walking towards me, right? And I aim my, and it's over the shoulder. Everybody flipped out because it's over the shoulder. It's like, no, that's awesome. Don't worry about it. So I brought my crosshair up and I shot him right in the head. And (laughs) 
his hat flew off. And it was just such a funny fail. His hat just, and I got an achievement for it, but I shot his hat. Yeah, I mean, his hat, like, it looked like it just shattered into a million pieces. Cause it just, oh, that's funny. It's, just it's like, like, the, it's like well, those old westerns where they shoot the hat off. But yeah. Off. <laughs> and I just started laughing. And then Mr. X grabs me and just, like, crushes my face. I was like, oh, well. Oh. All right. So, it's, so is it still as brutal as ever? It's it's even more brutal than you than you remember and it was like the thing about mr x though was he you used to in 1998 in the original one you could um you could uh go through a couple of doors and the enemy ai would eventually just like make him stop so he would stop chasing you but like this in this game he just keeps coming after you it's like you have to lose him you have to confuse him and lose uh have him lose your trail and but you can you can you'll constantly hear him walking throughout the entire police station oh wow and so you don't know where he is but you kind and you kind of know when he's close but what's hilarious is like you can completely lose him and then say you're attacked by a zombie and you shoot the zombie he'll hear the gunshot and come after you wow and the funniest thing was was there was there was a, like two zombies in front of me when uh, Mr. X was coming, when the tyrant was coming at me. He opens up the door and walks through the room coming towards me. And there's two zombies in between me and him. And he punches the zombies out of the way. Like, wow. So I was like, oh, well, thanks. And then he's after me. I was like, oh, crap. So, <laughs> we're allies? No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I never, I felt like I could never beat him because like, and because you can't. It was like in the original game you'd shoot him enough times he'd fall over unconscious and you'd pick yeah. up an item or so you'd drop a special item for you but like this time if you shoot him a couple of times or more than a couple of times like nothing goes down on a couple hits but like if you shoot him enough he'll take a knee and then he'll he'll just get back up and keep coming after you yeah. and it's it's terrifying like he even like you can like blow pieces of his uh his jacket off he'll take damage they'll like visibly take damage but then if you run away from him and you're away from him for a couple of minutes and then you see him again he's healed so it's it's terrifying i don't i don't really know man i mean is it cool to give yourself your own nickname i mean are you really well i'm rad rob you're more steady is that is that yeah, but see I didn't give myself I didn't say hey I'm Brooksteady, y'all gotta call me that. <laughs> y'all I mean like we all had that one friend when we were kids that was like, I wanna be called Fist of the North Star you know, whatever. <laughs> I think I, I was that like, kid. Whatever, Larry. <laughs> you can sit down. Oh, it's like they come up with then they just come up with like a, a nickname to make fun of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was also that kid. <laughs>